Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights, and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, agri-economist Trevor Donlan joins us to discuss the factors driving increased production costs on Irish dairy farms and how the buoyant milk price is somewhat working to offset these costs. And Trevor started by documenting the global fertiliser, feed and energy trends. It's hard to understate really how much is happening or has been happening um, of late. We've seen um, some very dramatic price movements in respect of um, input prices that are uh, the price of inputs used in agriculture and also uh, we're starting to see we've begun to see uh, increases in the the price of outputs what farmers uh, actually sell but that's that's happening at a bit of a, a lag but essentially all of this can be traced back or the origins of it in terms of when it began to start can go all the way back to you know last summer really when we began to see um, an increase in gas prices in Europe and uh, natural gas prices and that was down to the fact that the normal increase in the amount of gas coming into Europe over the summer period when demand is less uh, wasn't happening and uh, there began to be a little bit of panic in the market uh, in terms of securing gas supplies for various different uses. So gas prices took off as a result of that. And one of the first sectors that really uh, was affected by that is the fertilizer industry, because it became very expensive to buy natural gas and very expensive to produce uh, nitrogen-based fertilizer. And some of these uh, businesses began to become concerned that they would be um, producing fertilizer at very high cost and might actually not be able to sell that fertilizer on in due course if um, the, the, the price of gas was to fall again subsequently. So what happened was you began to see some of the fertilizer plants going offline and, and ceasing production. And then a bit of a scramble started to begin, I guess, in terms of getting access to fertilizer and concern about the very high price level uh, towards the end of last year and whether it would persist into um, into the current year. Um, I guess the, there wasn't that much concern amongst grassland producers or grassland farmers last year because uh, the price was increasing at a time when there mightn't be that much fertilizer being used. So uh, when we got into this year, it became clear yeah, that we're in a very high priced environment for fertilizer. Um, the war in Ukraine, I guess, kicked things off uh, even further because that led to a big increase in uh, oil prices, number one. Uh, and that when oil prices go up, that has huge inflationary impacts across the entire economy because oil is used for uh, transport, for example, and it's used in the production processes for various items as well. So that kicks through quite a lot into the general economy. And um, what we also saw was the increase in feed prices arising out of the fact that uh, Ukraine and Russia are significant uh, grain producers, number one, but particularly they're significant grain exporters. And it's the volume of product that's available for export markets that sets the price for uh, grain and oil seeds internationally. And they're both significant enough producers and exporters of grains and oil seeds to have an effect on the market. So we saw prices starting to 
uh, move upwards uh, quite significantly on the feed side as well. So between feed fertilizer and fuel, we had some fairly significant increases taking place in a very short period of time. And let's bring that, uh, Trevor, uh, to the context of Irish dairy and and look at those inputs um, in particular. So feed, uh, from a feed perspective, how self-sufficient or I suppose insufficient are we in Ireland in terms of the amount of grain we produce relative to the amount of grain we need for agricultural production? Yeah, I mean, when we when we look at this uh, broadly speaking, we, we you know we have we have three main requirements to 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 for in, in terms of feed feed for cattle, um, feed for pigs and feed for poultry, and there's a small amount of feed as well required for, for sheep, but it's not that 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 significant. But um, looking at at those three sectors, we don't actually produce um, enough uh, feed in Ireland. To, to cover uh, the demand for cattle, pigs, poultry and sheep. And as a result of that, we have to import some of our feed. So we're importing uh, things like um, maize and soybeans, which don't really go very well in this country. So uh, protein type crops, we're, we're importing those. And I'm not sure that we'll ever be, you know, self-sufficient in, in terms of feed requirements for, for things like that because of where we are. Uh, in the world. But what we're also importing as well, it's important to understand our kind of uh, byproducts of the food production process, things that we we wouldn't eat as humans, but uh, which are perfectly acceptable as uh, feed for, for animals. So these would be kind of residues from the production of things like um, uh, oils, for example. So um, when you crush oil seeds, you, you what you can get is uh, oil meals. So, you, you know, that's an example of something that we would otherwise have to dispose of, essentially, if we couldn't feed it to animals. So some of what we're importing is actually uh, residues of the food production system, which are, you know, uh, an example, you could say, of the circular economy, we'll say, where we're, we're reusing something and turning it from a, what is effectively a waste product from a human food point of view into something that we could actually uh, consume at the end of the day, whether it be through meat or through milk. But yeah, we, we have a, a significant enough import requirement, but it should be kept in mind as well that um, uh, cattle in Ireland don't consume very much feed. You know, most of their diet at the end of the day is coming from uh, grass and silage. And your your average dairy cow in Ireland only consumes about a ton of, of grain in the year, which, you know, is quite a small amount by comparison with um, uh, what you see happening in other parts of Europe, for example. And, and a further question on feed. Um, what is the relative price of feed today, compared with 2021? Yeah, I mean, we expect feed prices this year to be about 20% higher than what they were uh, in, in 2021. And, you know, feed prices have, have been moving upwards now for, for a number of years. So, you know, there's, there's an upward trend. There was an upward trend in feed prices anyway, and we expected feed prices to increase in 2022, even if the war in Ukraine hadn't, um, hadn't occurred. Um, but I guess what what has happened there now is that it has created that uh, additional shortage 
of grain on the international market that it's pushing the price up further. So at the moment, um, we expect um, those prices to be up by the territory of around um, 20% in terms of feed prices and that, that um, farmers will average out uh, over the course of this year compared to the, the average for last year. And, and then to fertiliser, I mean, you have painted the picture of, I suppose, the growing uh, nature of um, the cost of fertiliser with the backdrop of the, I suppose, lack of supply from actually the middle of last year. So as you say, it wasn't necessarily a concern last year, but it, it grew in January, February. And I suppose the concern was the cost, the, the price to pay, but also supply. I mean, where are supplies at now? Um, you know, there, there was conversation about potentially not having fertiliser for the second half of the year. Is this a reality that we're going to see? Yeah, um, I think the situation um, isn't quite as bad, uh, my understanding at least anyway, it isn't quite as bad as uh, we thought it could, could get uh, in terms of uh, availability. When it, I mean, the price itself is an issue, but from the perspective of, of availability, um, there is a significant volume of fertilizer now in the country. I think some of the difficulty is around getting that fertilizer uh uh, out and onto to farms ultimately there's a kind of a bit of a bottleneck I guess in, in, in the system in terms of uh, you know you can't just land fertilizer into the country and transport it directly to a farm that's not the way the distribution process um, actually works so there are some delays in, in, in getting fertilizer out to people and there mightn't be the range of fertilizers available when, when farmers go to look to buy buy specific fertilizers that there might normally be but um, we're not really in the situation where you could say that there's a, a, a shortage of fertilizer out there I think because of the high price level anyway some farmers will be uh, more cautious about the amount of fertilizer they will will use uh, in, in the current year. Trevor, from your experience, um, is that the right approach to pull back on the amount of fertilizer you spread based on the price? Or is it just a fact of the systems a lot of us have on farm? You know, we've perennial ryegrass wards. You know, there is a demand for nitrogen. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I guess the, the situation here for dairy farmers is somewhat different to what you might be facing if you were um a dry stock farmer uh, at the end of the day at the moment the um, you know the price of milk is very high and um, so you know uh, cutting back on fertilizer use uh, to the point where you know it, it's going to have say an impact on yield and, and what have you um, might ultimately be, be counterproductive because yeah, your savings on costs might also um, materialize in, 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 in uh, a lower than an anticipated uh, milk check coming out of the other side of it. Um, I think much of it as well will depend on the weather conditions, whether uh, as we go through the, the peak part of the season, you know, a, fa a favourable set of circumstances from a weather point of view um, will mean that if you are using a little bit less fertiliser, things mightn't be uh, quite as tricky. Um, and then, then you can have a, a an alternative outcome as well, I guess, where weather conditions really aren't that favourable at all. And um, where cutting back on fertilizer use uh, could end up being more problematic uh, in the context of 
uh, grass availability and 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 um, the production of silage. So I think it's it's a difficult one uh, to to make any kind of general statement on at this point in in, in the year. Um, but I suppose the the main point we make is that it's um, dairy farmers are I suppose fortunate to be in a, in a somewhat better position than dry stock farmers and looking at decisions like that because of the high milk price. We, we would have spoken with uh, Patrick going, um, you know, in terms of forecasted cash flows he had done and, and feed and fertiliser were ones that, that were flagged. But I guess energy um, in the form of electricity and diesel is now something, again, that we're, we're talking about. You know, where are prices at there, Trevor? And, um, you know, how is that going to impact on us this year? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the price level, uh, you know, it's kind of well, well reported that the, the price level uh, for farm diesel has increased dramatically, you know, for the, for the it, it's hard to be sure what the overall increase uh, will be in, in the price for, for this year as a whole compared to the last year. Um, a lot will depend on how the, the oil market, uh, crude oil market evolves over the next while. That's heavily linked into how the situation in Ukraine uh, develops, like, but increases of 60% um uh, in in terms of farm diesel prices um w- wouldn't surprise me over the course of this year it's hard it's hard to be sure but that, that kind of a percentage increase if you compare what farmers might pay on average we'll say in 2022 compared to what they might have been paying on average in uh 2021 and again the well the electricity isn't as important or as not as large a cost component uh, it's not insignificant either on dairy farms, given that you've re- a requirement for electricity for uh, for milking and refrigerating uh, the milk before it's collected and what have you. Um, so that 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 will be uh, an issue as well. Quite how much of an increase we see in electricity prices over the course of the year, again, is that's a bit trickier to call because electricity is a mix of uh, different energy sources and there are other costs in the chain as well when you're producing electricity. But, you know, an increase there of the order of 30% over the course of this year compared to what was paid last year wouldn't wouldn't surprise me uh, either. And you mentioned the the high milk price and, and you, you would have to say that the dairy industry in Ireland is fairly buoyant at the moment and, you know, milk prices on the rise like what are the factors that are supporting such a high milk price being received by farmers yeah well i mean again we we need to kind of maybe split this in two because um before before the uh, invasion of ukraine occurred uh things were already looking quite positive in dairy markets we saw quite a large increase in dairy product prices towards the the, la- the end of last year, in the final quarter in particular, prices uh, in- increased quite significantly and, and more than many people had uh, expected. And the expectation was that we'd have high prices uh, in the early part of this year, and then that prices would begin to fall back uh, as the year progressed. Um, now the war in Ukraine changed that 2022 outlook and in fact, um, if anything, what we're what we've seen in 2022 was prices continuing to increase, and the expectation for the current year really is that um, prices will, will remain high right through the, the the part of the year that that we're interested in anyway in, in terms of the grass-based production system. So well into the third quarter of this year, it seems like we are destined to have fairly high prices, and and 
the reasons behind that are there's a, there's a few, I suppose. The um, southern hemisphere uh, production year wasn't wasn't fantastic. Though the, the year that um, has come to an end now, that wasn't that wasn't fantastic uh, in terms of the the increase recorded um, in the southern hemisphere. Um, there are logistical issues as well in terms of increasing milk production uh, in, in the US. There's a lot of problems in terms of processing capacity and labor just uh, on farms and even uh, in, in transporting milk around. So the, the, the US situation is looking kind of difficult enough as well. Um, on the demand side, uh, the situation in China continue to look uh, very positive in terms of imports coming in there. Um, but people were uncertain as to whether that would continue, whether that was kind of actually product that was being used or product that was going into China to kind of build up stocks. Um, that part wasn't very clear from the perspective of people looking at the demand side of the market. And you have a situation now, I guess, where uh, even though we have very high milk prices, we also have a considerable increase in production costs. So um, that could be a limiting factor as well. So the, the total increase we might see in milk production uh, globally this year could be very small. Um, some people are even suggesting there won't be an increase in, in milk production globally uh, this year. And one of the things, I suppose, from an Irish perspective is we tend to do better than other countries in Europe when there's a shortage of milk out there. Um, our exposure to international markets actually benefits us to a greater extent than we'll say countries where most of the milk is being, in Europe is, we'll say is being produced and consumed on, on the home market. We're very different uh, in that regard. So, um, you know, we're seeing very high prices for butter now, for example, at, at the moment. And because butter is a significant component of our dairy product mix that is, uh, you know, benefiting the, the, the milk price we're getting here in Ireland. So we're quite far up the uh, milk price league in, in Europe at the moment. We're up near, near the top now in terms of uh, milk prices being paid in Ireland, um, which is um, something that you kind of tend to see happening uh, in periods where international dairy product prices are, are very high. And and you mentioned the dairy product pricing, so the the, the products we're exporting, um, you know, are high at the moment. Is that across the board, Trevor, or are there particular uh, dairy products that are contributing to that higher price? It is broadly speaking, it's across the board. I suppose the one exception really is in respect of cheese. I mean, cheese cheese prices are more determined by what's happening on the European market, really, and uh, while those prices have increased as well, they, they, they haven't increased uh, to the same extent. The cheese, the cheese price generally isn't as volatile as we'll say the, the price for, um, for butter, for powders or for, for whey. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the price of powders, whey, butter, they're all, they're all, they've all increased quite strongly now. Um, since the, the back end of last year and, and into this year, um, that, that strength in the market is, is being maintained. And that's that's essentially what's allowing milk processors pay the, the high milk prices we're seeing at present. Taking into account all the information you have given us today, like, you know, there is, 
you know, significant uh, increases in in cost on farms. Um, you know, there is a backdrop that there is a really high milk price that is supporting that. So if we look to overall profitability in 2022, what sort of a state do you see dairy farms in at the end of the year? Yeah, I, I, I you know, when I started looking at this, um, I started uh, and, and, and looking at the calculations, I was uh, scratching my head and, and wondering uh, whether the increase in costs could be made up by the, the increase in milk price. And certainly in terms of the developments um, in the last couple of months in terms of dairy markets, it looks increasingly likely that the increase in production costs, even though it is spectacularly large, can be offset by the, the increase in milk prices. Like we're, we're looking at, um, in terms of the most recent estimates we've put out here last week, an increase in, in total production costs. And, and that's, a, that's not just the direct cost of production, it also includes the, uh, the overhead costs. So we're looking at an increase uh, this year of about 30%, which is in the territory of eight cent a litre. But, you know, we could see that uh, size of an increase in terms of the milk price uh, transpiring as well uh, this year in comparison with last year. So that would be enough basically to maintain margins if that was to um, to come about. Um, you know, there are there are some specific sets of circumstances all right where where dairy farmers uh, may may yet come out on the wrong side of things, and 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 that's uh, an issue for farmers who have maybe a significant amount of milk in a fixed price contract, uh, which is set at a level that's uh, a good bit below what the market is actually uh, paying at present. And, and some processors, I think, have made moves to try to address that anomaly to some extent. It's um, uh, it's ironic, I suppose, that people having um, milk in a fixed price contract would be would be coming out on the wrong side of things to, to the extent that they are because there's never been a set of circumstances uh, since these these fixed milk price contracts came into place where the price available on the market um, is uh, so different to what's actually available through the, the fixed price contract. So um, I think some farmers will be feeling quite sore uh, about that aspect when they come to look at the the bottom line uh, for, 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 for 2022 um, in, in, the, in this time next year, we'll say. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's a reasonable enough prospect that um, uh, income levels in 2022 could be on a par uh, with 2021 on some farms. And, and there's even a set of circumstances potentially where incomes uh, on dairy farms this year could actually even be higher than they were last year. Uh, there's a lot to play out yet. We're, we're only in the, the month of April. We've the bulk of the production season ahead of us yet, and we don't know what weather is going to throw at us, um, and that, that can have a little bit of an effect as well. Um, but in terms of what we know so far for the year, uh, it's looking like a, a reasonable year for, for dairy farming. Dairy farmers will escape um, the, the, this, this kind of uh, cost pressure situation because of the high um, milk price. But we'll be coming back and looking at this again uh, in two or three months' time and when we have more information and we'll have a better sense, I think, at that point what the incomes for the year will look like. 
And as you say, Trevor, there's there, there's a huge amount of factors at play that are out of our control. Um, but this has been a really enlightening conversation and it has given me, I suppose, huge positivity, as you say, heading in. Uh, that there's a there's a long way to go in the season yet. And you've highlighted some of the strengths of uh, dairy businesses in Ireland, you know, it's grass based, um, you know, which is the cheapest feed available with a lower reliance on a supplement that we're potentially importing from abroad uh, and also you know that we have that high milk price and you know on a lot of farms there's very high fat and protein constituents which are driving the milk price beyond base um, you know so there, there's a good outlook ahead in terms of financial performance for dairy farms this year thank you Trevor thanks Evan Louise that's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast and my thanks to Trevor Donlan for joining me on this week's show Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.